Hey, hey, hey. Hey. What is up, my friend? Not much. I'm excited to talk about movies. Ah, isn't it so grand that we decided to do this then? Yeah. Yeah. Well, excellent. My name is Madeline. I'm Olivia. And you are tuning in to another episode of another Picture Show podcast. Two besties who are just absolutely stunners and decided to talk about movies. I usually don't know what movie we're going to be watching until Olivia says what we're going to be watching. And then we watch it and then we come back and talk about it. So we've decided that now that we're getting into season three of another picture show podcast, Mm -hmm. the seasons are arbitrary, really. They're kind of just what we say. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, I feel like we're fucking doing like whose line is it? Whose line is it anyway? Like the seasons don't matter. Yeah, they don't. They, They really don't. They're kind of just what I say that's season three sure okay fine. yeah um but for this week i wanted to kind of start us off with a classic me here have i seen scream i think it's one of those movies you think you've seen it you're like oh yeah i've totally seen scream like everyone's seen scream i've seen scream 100 i'm not sure if i have though I'm probably, I'll start watching and be like, oh, yes, I've seen this movie. It's one of those where I'm like, I really can't remember if I've seen it or not. Yeah, it's, I think I've only seen it once. So I think it'll be really good to, to revisit it and okay. kind of get us into the mood of the spooky movies. I love forward. spooky movies. And I think this will carry us, like we're starting, we're starting early, but I think this will carry us into spooky season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm pretty high. I'm it's July 29th, this the day that we were recording this. And as per tradition, my birthday's in July, it's earlier, but uh as per tradition, as soon as my birthday's over, I'm fucking ready for fall. Like, I'm done. <laughs> Summer canceled. Let's ready go. for Halloween. I'm ready um, for Halloween. I've been thinking about fall nonstop for two weeks straight. No, same. <laughs> I'm like, I went to Michael's the other day and I was like, oh, it's already. It's already here. They've already prepared. Yeah. They have all the like fall decorations out. And I'm like, exactly. I and I think mood. that's why I think capitalism is just taking its toll on me. <laughs> I don't like, I personally don't mind the heat. Like I don't, I am, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm warm blooded. I don't know. Like, I don't care if it's hot outside. Like it was like fucking 95 today. I don't care about the heat. I just like love fall feels. I love summer to death, but I love fall is like my second favorite season like fall feels just immaculate I love the outfits I love the aesthetic I just love Mm -hmm. my birthday's in fall so yeah I'm I'm ready for it I'm ready for it uh all right so with that we're gonna take a 15 second break to go watch scream and we'll take us three weeks to watch this (laughs) we're gonna say this is the start of season three but we'll be back in like two months anyway (laughs) uh we'll be back with our review of scream in three, two, one. <laughs> and we're back. Yay! We just we- watched Scream. I was about to call it a scary movie, but that's the I mean, Scream. Yeah. Fun fact, it was originally called Scary Movie, like, during the entire production, and then, like, changed to Scream at the last minute. So you're not wrong. Yeah, but I still would have sounded like a fool. 
<laughs> All right. So let me give the, the brief little fast facts and then we'll get into our thoughts on Scream. So Scream is a 1996 American meta slasher, slasher film directed by Wes Craven and written by Kevin Williamson. The film stars David Arquette, Neve Campbell or Nev Campbell, however you pronounce that. It's actually Neve. She her name was originally spelled the Gaelic way and then she changed it for Hollywood. So it is Neve. It's not Nev. It's Neve Campbell. Yeah. Awesome. OK. Courtney Cox, Matthew Lillard, Rose McGowan, Skeet Ulrich and Drew Barrymore. Uh, released on December 20th, it follows the character of Sydney Prescott, a high school student in the fictional town of Woodsboro, California. A year after the murder of her mother, she is terrorized by a new killer who targets the girl and her friends by using horror films as part of a deadly game. So, Madeline, what are your initial thoughts on Scream? I have seen Scream before. So like Mm -hmm. when I started watching it and it was like the Drew Barrymore, like the famous opening scene, I was like, ah, I have seen this. But, and then you think about how freaking convoluted the whole thing is. Like horror movies in general, like there's like a lot going on. You're, You're not quite sure what the motives of the killer are. Are they just crazy? Do they have a revenge thing? This is both. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's like bonkers. I was, because, you know, they're referencing so many different, you know, horror films and like they're drawing from so many different like points of inspiration that you're just like, I mean, I liked it. I liked the movie overall. It was good. I'm probably going to watch it again tonight. Mm. Um, But I was like, (laughs) I was like, I don't remember it being like this like complicated the last time I watched it just as far as like the motives of the killers and like why they went to like such extremes like they didn't have to kill anybody but Sydney and her father in order to like exact their revenge instead they're like (laughs) let's just like terrorize everybody like let's just like spice it up let's be bad you know Mm -hmm. um but overall I liked it so yeah I think it's interesting that you brought up the motives like right away because that was like pretty intentional they were like trying to play off of the millennium and how like it's the millennium so motives are like irrelevant you know so they didn't have a motive or like half of the killers killers didn't have a motive and then the other half did but it's like still very it it is a quite a complicated story like background story Mm -hmm. you know the the a line or the a plot is like pretty straightforward you know this girl is being targeted and like harassed and people are getting murdered in her town and they're trying to figure out like who's doing it but then like the backstory to that story is like really deep (laughs) and like dark yeah it's like really dark for like a, a silly high school like slasher like a black comedy kind of movie yeah yeah I I watched the entire Scream trilogy, like the first three. I know there's like four, but yeah. I only watched the first three. I think three. there's like five, actually. Or there might be They're making, they're making the fifth one, I think. They've become what they were making fun of. <laughs> I mean, the entire, tri- like all of the movies are so meta and like so self-aware, but to- it gets to a point where it's like, like you said, it's kind of becoming what they're making fun of. And it's mm-hmm. like self-aware to the point where it's like, are you really aware <laughs> And like MTV has like a a a show scream. Mm -hmm. I actually watched the show. I mean, it's the same concept. It's just like 
more complicated because they can put more into it because it's a show. <laughs> yeah. So you you said you liked the movie overall? Yeah. It was a good, it was a good like like dip your toes into spooky movies. Cause it's like it's it's lighthearted enough that you're just like, haha, like silly, silly girl, like why jump through the cat door? That's mm. so silly. And then like the slowest garage door lift and it somehow crushes her neck. Like it's just mm. so dumb. Like if anything, like she would have probably like choked to death, but it, it seems like it literally like broke her neck. And you're just like, that's so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, it was a good, like, dip your toes into spookiness without being, like, fuck scary movies, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I really like Scream because it feels like an authentic horror film or, mm-hmm. you know, thriller, scary film, whatever, that you can just put on when you want to be entertained. But yeah, it's also, like, funny. And it's the first self-aware horror film that I've come across or right. that has been made and it's credited as like the first self-aware horror film. So it kind of like reinvented the horror genre because before this, it had been a while since like the horror genre was like booming mm-hmm. and Wes Craven, the director of the Scream films direct was the creator of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm. Have you seen any of those movies? I've seen like the recent one, like the one I think it came out in like, I don't want to say super recent. I, it came out in like 20, maybe 12, 2013, something <laughs> like that. Like it came out a few years ago. Mm. Yeah. So Scream was kind of a reinventing or like putting life back into the genre that was like people were, were starving for you know, Um, because it was self-aware and was like literally telling you like (laughs) the plot points throughout the movie. Like they would say a cliche or, you know, talk about movies, other scary movies, like in Mm -hmm. this movie. So like people who were fans of scary movies could be like, oh, I understand like what they're talking about. I really, I really enjoy Scream. I think it's funny. I think it's, I think it's just entertaining and it holds up. Um, Yeah. And it also like, as you said, it, like, reinvented, like, the horror genre, because even, like, movies that are coming out now, like, harken back to Mm -hmm. Scream, like, I watched Fear Street, uh, the first one, and, like, the opening scene is, like, a girl, like, on the phone, and then, uh, or she's on the phone with, like, 911, but it's, like, the same thing where, like, she's, she's being terrorized, like, she's only, like, in it for the first you know five minutes of the of the film and then she's murdered mm-hmm. and then everybody's like whoa like this is like the second time this has happened or like the fifth time this has happened whatever and it's like and when I was watching Scream I was like oh so they like pulled from this um so even then it's it's inspiring its own tropes for other movies so it was pretty good and the same thing with like 19 with Fear Street was like they were making you know it was kind of like self-aware in a sense where like there's the guy that knew all about the horror movies. And then there was like, like the hot chick who like was oblivious to everything. And, um, you know, the, the, the couple that could, which I mean, I guess it wasn't really in scream unless you want to count like Gail Weathers and, uh, Dewey, (laughs) (laughs) but I don't. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like it had like, Mm -hmm. like specific elements that were like present in scream that were present in fear street. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, you're just, you're right. It like harkens from 
pulls from Scream pretty obviously, and I they're not trying to like hide it. It's like 1994 Scream, you know, came out in 1996. There's Ghostface, there's mm-hmm. Skull Mask. Um, yeah, you know, it's very nostalgic and takes a lot of reference from Scream, especially in the opening scene. Do you want to talk about the opening scene in Scream? I love it so much because like Drew Barrymore is like the perfect balance of like like a, a you know the stereotypical like innocent like hot blonde like babysitter mm-hmm. um babysitter type um who's like just completely oblivious to like her surroundings and paired with like I think I just like the fact that she like really was into horror movies and she was like she was like put taking them to task on like the the trivia for a hot minute and then you know she gets scared she stumbles on an answer the killer boyfriend (laughs) (laughs) so like I just I thought it was really good because I was like man she could really save him right now I mean you know what happens like like, wow like she really could as if like what if like (laughs) what if they ran out of questions like what would they do just kill him anyway probably yeah I Um, I, I think they were just trying to mess with her yeah they weren't like actually looking for her it, it, I don't think it's like saw I, I haven't seen saw so maybe I'm like completely wrong but like they answer something correctly or do something correctly like you know they're spared yeah um, I think they were planning to kill him regardless oh I agree I was just like how long would they have like like you know if they ran out of questions would they if have she just kept answering correctly or would they have just like killed him they're like ah screw it yeah. <laughs> um yeah but no, it was it was good. It was so sad though, because like the parents come home and find them like you know ripped to shreds, and you're just like, oh, that is a horrible way to end a night out. I think it was like super effective. Mm-hmm. The whole opening scene is like 12 minutes long or something, yeah. and they had to really nail the tone of like what the movie is in that mm-hmm. 12 minutes, and for you to like care about. What happens the rest of the movie and yeah. like drew barrymore was the biggest name like in the cast at the time yeah and she was the one who was on the poster neve campbell wasn't on the poster so people wow. thought it was like a drew barrymore movie hmm. going into it i thought it was a drew barrymore movie the first time i watched it hmm. so i had no idea i didn't know anything about scream the first time i watched it went into it thinking all i'd ever seen was drew barrymore um on the posters stills and whatever so I Mm -hmm. thought that it was you know one of her first movies and she had been cast originally to be Sydney oh so she was like supposed to be Sydney but then I think at the last minute there was a some other thing that she had to do and she she thought that it would be better for her to play the first murder victim Mm -hmm. at the beginning um just to because she's the biggest name the most recognizable people mm-hmm. would be shocked if like the person that they recognize <laughs> in the Got movie murdered. is killed within the first 10 minutes you know yeah and it's they don't hold anything back like you mm-hmm. see people get disemboweled you see her like get stabbed and her parents listening to her dying on the phone and like she's hung up yeah. in a tree it's like brutal and yeah. the first few edits of this movie we're going to be we're going to make it NC-17 just because it was so graphic. Right. So I think they they managed to set the tone pretty well for the rest of the movie because I was like, oh shit, she's dead. What the fuck? Is yeah. Going on? And like referencing back, like referencing like 19, Fear Street 94, 
<laughs> Maya Hawk was like essentially like the um, Drew Barrymore of that movie. Like not to say that she's like no offense to Maya Hawk, but she's not like as recognizable as, as recognizable. But she yeah. was to me. Like I was like I don't recognize anybody else in this cast except mm. for her because she had been in other stuff. Because she had been in like um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Briefly, she was in Stranger she, Things. She was in Stranger Things. Yeah, she's really banging the, the uh, Netflix series. She's really cashing in on that. Good for her. Anyway, um, <laughs> but yeah, I was like, exactly. I was like, yeah, they have like a bigger name, a huge name with Drew Barrymore and then like a bigger name with uh, Maya Hawk coming in and then just getting like murked <laughs> yeah. right away. Because <laughs> like, even when I was watching 94, I was like, oh, she's got to get away. Like, she's got to get away. And it was like, so it would have been the same thing with like people watching Scream back in 96. Like, oh, Drew's going to make it. There's no way they're going to take out Drew this early. And both of them die. You're just like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> they really had me going in the first half. Yeah. I mean, the, that like kind of becomes a staple of the screen movies. Like mm-hmm. there's always a opening kill in yeah. each of the movies. Um, and so it kind of, kind of became a thing for audiences to kind of figure out, you know, who is, who's going to get killed in the first, you know, 15 minutes. Do you want to talk about casting? Like, what did you think of the casting in this movie? I liked, well, what made me laugh, I was watching, like, a review of Scream, like, just before we jumped on, and somebody, like, the guy doing the review compared Neve Campbell to uh, Kristen Stewart, like, Twilight age, because, like, just, like, some of her, like, mannerisms, like, there's, like, one, the scene, like, after um, Drew gets killed, and they're, like, talking about it, and she's outside with all her friends, and she's just, like, it's just, like, so horrible like and then they were talking about like her mom's murder or something like that she's like, oh. it was just like the mannerisms yeah, I was like yeah. spot on it was so funny but I liked I kind of liked like the more muted like lead mm-hmm. but I think I don't know at what point I don't know what movie we were talking about where like they sparked like the muted like female lead I thought it was Twilight with Bella I think it was fucking Scream with Neve Campbell <laughs> Like, she has some sass, she has some pomp, but she's, like, overall, she's very just, like, introverted, just, like, relaxed, like, not relaxed, but, like, and she's also, like, mad depressed that her mom's dead, so Mm. there's that, but in general, she's very just, like, low-key and, you know, probably a little insecure and stuff. Yeah, I I really liked Sydney as a character, Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it was really good casting with Neve because she was relatively unknown. She'd only been in like a few other things before Scream. Mm-hmm. I I like her as a character because like you said, she's like pretty muted, mm-hmm. but she's not like weak or, right. you know, she's like kind of feels like a real person. Like she's, she gets scared, but she can also like fight for her, yeah. like to protect herself. Like she kicks people's ass. And yeah. also is like, but is also scared. Like she's not like a badass, you know? Right. Like like a weird girl boss. Yeah. Type. She'll like kick you in the nuts yeah. and run. Yeah. Like anybody would. Yeah. She she can handle herself and she can make choices for herself. Like she has boundaries that she sets, like mm-hmm. with her relationship and and then chooses to, you know, cross them or not. Mm-hmm. Um which I think is really interesting. And we'll probably get to that when we talk about like the, the rules <laughs> yeah. of, of the horror film. Um, 
But yeah, I, I think I like Sydney as a character overall, and I think mm-hmm. Neve was pretty good choice. Yeah. Um, I did not recognize Rose McGowan. Mm-hmm. Like when I was watching it, I was like, oh, I've seen her in something. But you know, nowadays she has like like super short hair, mm-hmm. like and she's older, like completely different like demeanor. <laughs> so funny. Um, it's like when you think about it, at the time she was like dating Marilyn Manson. Like somebody said that she was dealing with like like actual scary shit in real life (laughs) so this was like this film was like a vacation to her Mm -hmm. um so she was cute just like the the classic like like you know I don't want to say airheaded but I guess like unconcerned unbothered like best friend Mm -hmm. um because Neve's like yeah there's something weird going on she's like ha 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 like let's go to a party and then uh, I loved Matthew Lillard oh, as yeah. like the accomplice. He was fantastic. He kind of like he was creepy. Steals, he steals the show. I think he kind of yeah. like. Where I mean, if you haven't seen Scream, we're spoiling the movie. So like, <laughs> why are you here? Yeah, it's also um, like almost it's been like years thirty old. years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I I feel like he just steals this steals every scene that he's in mm-hmm. and at the end when it's revealed like who the killers are he like hams it up so much it's so funny and like chilling and because like the whole movie he is like just unhinged enough that you could be like maybe because they do they do throw a lot of like red herrings Mm -hmm. like some of them are kind of stupid red herrings but all the same yeah um but he's like just like but then you're like "Mm, he's like he might be too crazy to be like like actually the killer because like yeah he might be another red herring so you kind of forget about him and then like they're they're constantly dropping like clues about billy being like one of the crazy guys but everybody's like no why would he go after his own girlfriend no Mm -hmm. and then the two of them together boom yeah mind-blowing but it makes sense because they couldn't do all that solo you know yeah, I think, like you said, they make him seem unhinged enough, like just enough throughout the entire movie. But it like also feels like it could just be like he's a teenage boy and teenage boys like just act like weird. dumbasses. And yeah. like that's he's just being like weird. And yeah, exactly. Like unsympathetic and like, you know, just <laughs> inappropriate, you know, yeah. like that. that's just like how teenage boys are. And I feel like he played it just enough to where like you could convince yourself that you know it, it's not him um, yeah he's just an asshole yeah but then like on rewatch you he's just like blatantly like uh, murder <laughs> yeah. and you're like ah yeah <laughs> ah um, and it, what's funny is like he wasn't even planning on auditioning Matthew Lillard he was at the audition with his girlfriend at the time who was auditioning for something else Mm -hmm. for another role and like one of the producers in the or casting directors like saw him in the hallway and they were like hey you look like you would be great for this role can you come audition and he was just like sure and then (laughs) you look like a serial killer yeah yeah. step into my office (laughs) offended or I know but it worked out because I think he's like one of the main things that I remember about Scream so Mm -hmm. every time I see him now I feel like he's in like some sort of renaissance I feel like I see him everywhere 
I don't know if he's in a lot of things, but I've just like seen him pop up a bunch. So I'm hoping that, you know, his career kind of takes off again. Who else? We got Courtney Cox. She was good. Like she was very mm-hmm. like, I mean, it was just funny. It was just like, she was Monica with highlights. You know what I mean? It's like funny. Cause she was like purposely trying to go in a different direction than Monica because Monica is like from friends. If you don't know who we're talking about, yeah. uh, she was trying to go in an opposite direction. Cause Monica is like supposed to be the nice, like mom friend. And in this, she's supposed to be like really bitchy and like mean. But to be honest, it feels like it's just the Mo- same, like- <laughs> the same person, but like on a, on a bad day, you know, yeah. like she didn't, I didn't feel like she broke out of the typecast really mm-hmm. with this. It role. just felt like, it just felt like, you know, like Monica, like, yeah, like Monica woke up on the wrong side of the bed and decided to become like a news reporter and like even okay look even friends like I'm not a huge fan of friends I used to be and now I'm just kind of like it's boring like no one cares but and I will take all the heat that comes with that um I said what I said um I'll say the same thing about the office what uh (laughs) but the thing like Monica was not that nice in the show like if you really think about it like she was like fine but she wasn't like the super sweet like mom friend people remember like she was like Heike a bitch like she was mm. really judgy and like mega type a like they always like joke that she's type a but like no she's like type a to a fault like she's type mm. a to the point where it's like you're too much like you're a bitch but you're like disguising it behind like your intelligence or whatever she um, kind of reminds me of me but like if I was an uh, extrovert <laughs> <laughs> so I I mean I I still like friends I know that there's like a lot of problematic elements to it and I if people don't like it, I'm like, whatever, it's fine. I just put it on when I'm sad. <laughs> oh. um, uh, but yeah, no I don't told you that was gonna <laughs> be this way. And you're like crying, like, <laughs> I need to feel like I have friends. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, um, no, I think that she did fine in the movie. I think it works. I don't think I'm not criticizing Courtney Cox. Like, I think she did fine in the movie. Yeah, I mean, the, but, the the character, like, did well for the movie. It's just, mm-hmm. like, it's just funny that she's like, oh, I'm, I'm trying to break out from Monica. And I'm like, Monica's following you everywhere, girl. Yeah, like, it, it did just you. kind of feel like Monica was in the movie. Like, yeah. oh, Monica from Friends is a news reporter. <laughs> yeah. So, um, nice attempt with the highlights, though. Like, change up the look. Mm-hmm. That probably would, that probably did help, especially, like, at the time when Friends was, like, an active show. Mm-hmm. That was constantly, you know, on air. But um, this is probably a good segue into Dewey's character because Courtney Cox and David Arquette met on the set of Scream and then they later got married. Obviously, they have since divorced, but this is where they met. So it's kind of like a a weird, like, cute thing to see them fall for each other in the movie but then it's also like retrospectively sad yeah I I know what happens after this yeah Yeah, so Dewey what do we think of Dewey I really liked that they kind of were like he was one of the red herrings because like he's Mm. such a good guy and like it's like he's like mildly inappropriate though because like he obviously like has some sort of thing for Sydney and it's like she is a child 
I didn't get that. Oh, I got that. I don't know. I had that feeling. Because it's like, it's also like his younger sister's best friends. Like he's been around her like a lot even before he became a cop. Hmm. You know, I don't know. I got that vibe. It, it wasn't like overt. And maybe it's me just like drawing conclusions, but. I mean, I maybe you're right. I just, I, I never picked up on that. I've, I'm, he felt kind of just like a very simple boy. Like, <laughs> you know, like he's just kind of. Which is maybe why I was like suspicious. Like they grew up together so they know each other and like yeah and like he's in the other two or three I guess the other screen movies and like you never feel that so I guess maybe I just I never picked up on that because it was never a plot point that like went anywhere but maybe maybe it was like I don't know maybe I haven't seen the rest of the screams I've only seen the first one prior to now but um yeah, anyway, I did like that they kind of were like, is he? Like, he was one of the red herrings. It's like, not the cop. Like, the mm. the the, uh, <laughs> the one good guy. LOL. Uh, <laughs> the cop, totally the good guy. Never done anything wrong. Police are always a positive presence in horror films. And he's just general. a young rookie who's trying to, you know, prove himself. But he's also like just a simple boy again. yeah he's just like he's definitely like they're definitely saying things and he's just like licking the ice cream cone like huh and it's mm-hmm. like what that doesn't no Dewey listen it doesn't make sense Dewey um oh yeah and then the car in the forest like that part when like you know they're like ooh, having their like weird romantic walk through the middle of the woods mm-hmm. and then they find Sydney's dad's car yeah I was like this is just and he was like, oh, like he knew the car right away. And I was like, I was like, is it because you put it there or or what? I mean, it might just be because like he grew up with them. It's a small town. So he just like knows what his car looks like and yeah. what car they were looking for because they had been looking for him for like a few days. Oh, that's true. I suppose you're right. Um, that was another thing, like the dad being a potential suspect is an interesting thing that kind of came up and then didn't come up again Pan out yeah mm-hmm. also like he only showed up like he was only in the movie for like like 45 seconds and he was also like, i have beef with the fact that he was going on a business expo like mm-hmm. on the one year anniversary of his wife's murder and leaving his daughter alone on the mm. one like yeah your choice but okay like yeah why wouldn't you be like i'm gonna sit this one out boys like yeah, unless i don't was, need like, to go, to, go this to this expo, expo where you're fired <laughs> could you imagine We're like okay Maybe. my wife got murdered but like yeah i'll go to this stupid ass expo in like you know freaking sacramento do you think it was a real expo or do you think that the boys like tried to concoct something to get him to leave so that they could kidnap him Hmm. Because I feel like it's very convenient timing. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think, I mean, they're smart. Well, they're like crazy. I don't think they're like, I don't think they're that good that they could pull off like faking a whole ass like work expo. Like, Hmm. because they would have to know like pretty like significant details about like what he did for a living. Mm -hmm. So I think it was just like, I think they probably acted on the timing. They probably found out that what's his face was going out of town and then they like because remember he was talking to her 
like the dad was talking to Sydney um, when Billy was like hiding in her room. So he mm-hmm. probably heard that and was like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Even though they had already murdered Carrie at that point, but. Casey. Know. Casey. Yeah. Oh, I keep calling her Carrie. My bad. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's just, it just seems very convenient, but. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another um, red herring perhaps. Yeah. But I guess that's a good transition to talk about Billy and. um skeet's performance <laughs> let's just talk about the fact that his name is skeet ulrich <laughs> no i thought he was good he's definitely like the like the douchey like like scorned like boyfriend the one mm-hmm. who's like who, he's the like, edward of the film huh he's the edward of the film yeah exactly like he's he's like he thinks he's he's holier like not holier than thou but like he's like better like he's he he will always think he's like superior to like everyone else in the room like whether or not it's like whether or not he like announces that like he definitely is like I'm the smartest person in this room no matter what Hmm. (laughs) um also yeah he definitely is just like those like those weird creepy guys that like get mad when you like reject them Mm -hmm. because he was like he was like trying to be like patient and then she's like I don't yeah I don't think we should like I'm just not like into it I'm not ready he's like oh like when are you gonna be ready like I love you and like that should be enough like let me just have that put that and you're just like ew skeet stop (laughs) also he looks in the in the scene where they're like making out in her room he looks so much like Johnny Depp that's on purpose yeah because I was like is that Johnny? Like, it really took me a minute. Yeah. I knew, I looked at the cast, so I knew he wasn't in the movie, but I was like, that mofo looks just like De- Johnny Depp, and it's, like, concerning me. Yeah. Um, well, like I said, the director of this movie directed the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, yeah. which Johnny Depp was in. Right. And this movie is supposed to be kind of like a spoof, almost. It's like, mm-hmm. it's just like a rip off of tropes and people their memory of their favorite horror movies and nostalgic and having this new actor that looks very similar to Johnny Depp uh kind of coming in and playing a similar similar role um Mm -hmm. of like the brooding boyfriend or whatever yeah uh is like just very reminiscent of that so it was very on purpose I don't I don't know if Skeet was made aware that like this is (laughs) These are the choices that they made. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And it wasn't like because of his talents, which I'm sure that, you know, he was, he's also also a very talented actor. Yeah. Um, But just because he resembles Johnny Depp is the reason why he was cast. Um, I mean, that's why um, the guy that played Aaron Rodgers, not Aaron Rodgers, (laughs) Aaron Samuels, (laughs) sorry, in, um, uh mean girls he was cast because it, it was tina fey and amy poehler who made the film and they thought he looked like um jimmy fallon and they're like wouldn't it be hilarious if we cast him as like the love interest and then they did so that, that's weird what? Yeah. that's a weird choice but okay i mean i mean he's cute enough i, I don't think he, he looks like does. i don't think he looks like jimmy fallon i do not think jimmy fallon's attractive and i'll stand by that statement and take whatever he comes with it but <laughs> all the jimmy fallon like fangirls are gonna yeah all the thirsty fallon fans are coming there's a lot of them in our audience apparently yeah (laughs) (laughs) i will not apologize (laughs) i okay so 
we went on a tangent sorry yeah uh there was a few other actors that auditioned for the role that I'm like blown away by because I cannot Mm. imagine like scream with these actors as Billy it would just be a really weird like different movie um Joaquin Phoenix I feel like it'd be scarier if Joaquin Phoenix yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) it would have been a very um I think it would be hard for them to make him seem to kind of play that play that is he is he not thing that they have going on show up and be like oh he did it yeah (laughs) (laughs) I see it in his eyes yeah he He definitely yeah there's no question oh and uh Ben Affleck okay Ben Affleck I could see more in the role no, 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 I'm saying compared to Joaquin, not, oh, yeah, not yeah, compared yeah. to yeah. Pete Ulrich. <laughs> but if it was like, you have to choose Joaquin or Ben Affleck, I'd be like, let's go with Ben and see how this works out. Um, yeah, no, Skeet Ulrich was definitely like the perfect casting. Because like even after the first scene when he no longer looks like Johnny Depp as much, um, it was like, ah, like he is cute. Like he is like broody. Like he's mm. like that, that bad boy type that was like really hot in the 90s which is like still hot today like that mm-hmm. um that like lead man but <laughs> I feel like Ben Affleck just has too much himbo energy <laughs> <laughs> but then it would be the perfect red herring he'd pull but off then, his mask and be like <laughs> like <laughs> then you could I, I don't know I'm I'm getting big like like himbo but like domestic abuser <laughs> yeah because like, I mean so, when I'm thinking now of like Ben Affleck in a thriller I'm thinking about um Gone Girl I'm like he was just like really like he was like broody and like creepy but he was also just yeah like he was just like a, a himbo he was like I, I don't know why I'm being accused of murder mm, <laughs> just yeah. like open your eyes Ben she's doing it to you I feel like he might have done well in like a stew role like he would have been different but like has that kind of, like it keeps saying himbo energy and I feel like the himbo energy work would work better like in the stew role because yeah. they're just like a dumb but I feel like they would have had to teenager. play it differently like because yeah. like Stu is like unhinged like he like wants to kill people just for the sake of killing them I feel like if Ben <laughs> Affleck was in that role as Stu it would have had to be more like he was like like Billy was his best friend so he was just going along with like doing right by Billy mm. like Billy's mom left or whatever I feel like that would have been the angle yeah mm, much to think about much I'm to sure think. there were other actors too that auditioned but these are the ones that that stood out to me that I was just like I was yeah, hoping you'd say somebody like super off the wall like Mark Wahlberg like Nick Cage <laughs> auditioned for the entire film <laughs> But he got rejected, so he started like prepping for a fucking national treasure. Yeah, um, and I think the last person. Oh no, we have a uh, Henry Winkler as the principal has a has an uncredited role because he didn't want to overshadow the young cast with his status Aww. as a <laughs> as a nice as a seventies sitcom actor. Yeah, nice guy, Henry Winkler. Um, uh, I loved him as the principal. He was just. Chef's kiss, super creepy, but also hilarious. Like he was a little scene. unhinged too. Like yeah, he was exactly. like rubbing he was scissors. Also just all, unhinged yeah. enough that you could have been like, he he could be involved. Like he, I don't know if it, like, I think the um the drawback is like he wouldn't have been like theoretically agile enough 
to like <laughs> like yeah, I feel like when the scene when um what the hell is her name Rose McGowan's character Tatum yeah. when she like when she like trips him and he like like rolls mm-hmm. over he would have like broken it like a fucking like rib or something I don't know but the scene when it's like the two boys like in his office and he's got the scissors and he's just like ripping the mask off I was like what the hell are you doing <laughs> I was like, you are buck wild, dude. Henry Winkler did not need to play that role. I don't think anyone like huge needed to play that role, but it's fun that he did. And I'm yeah. happy and that he did. And also he didn't need to go that hard. Like he did no. not need to go that hard, but he did. And I appreciate every moment of it. Yeah. I, I always forget that he's in the movie too. Like, yeah. And then every time I rewatch it, I'm like, oh yeah, Henry Winkler's in this movie. Hey, Henry, like, what are you doing here? Um, and then I think lastly is Jamie Kennedy who plays uh, Randy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the kind of stand-in for the audience. He knows everything about horror horror movies and mm-hmm. is kind of taking us through uh, the entire plot. Yeah, essentially, he's kind of he's kind of just taking us by the hand and being yeah. like, "This is what's happening." And then, but still somehow the movie takes us on a journey regardless of what he tells yeah. us. Yeah, I feel like um, there's, there's always a character in every horror film, whether they're as overt as like Randy or not. Mm. Like there's always a character that like ends up being able to explain like what's happening. It's like, oh, like, oh, this relic like must have turned the professor into a horrible monster. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. or you're like, yeah, that is what happened. Idiots. Yeah, so he was good. He was funny. He was just like, again, we're all like, he's just enough of this. He was just like incelish enough to be like, yeah. So yeah, rude. This is- I love Randy. <laughs> I'm not wrong though. You're not. You're not. <laughs> I know. We're, I'm really hating on the incels. Um, well, why not? Um, yeah, he's just like, I'm going to keep saying it, incelish enough to like, you're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. You are you are a legitimate movie buff that exists, like, and like has. I feel like oh my gosh, but could you imagine? There's only one in this town, which is Randy, who's like being like ah horror movies. Ah, this is like what the killer would do. Could you imagine if like, well, I guess there are towns that have murder sprees, but like if you were like in a town that had a murder spree, like how many people would be like oh this is like this horror movie, and you'd just be like you couldn't go into fucking like Wegmans without somebody being like well this like this killing was just like in friday the 13th or like all the true crime podcasts like all like the bitches in like the line at the checkout would be like oh and this is just like the murder of like elmswood in 1978 and they never Mm. found the killer and like all they took was like the pinky finger the pinky (laughs) finger's missing this time even though that was like 50 fucking years ago we're gonna we're gonna assume it's the same killer or a copycat Mm. oh my gosh i i would go insane i if you cannot tell, I'm not a fan of true crime podcasts, but alas. Really? No. And here's why. I don't, well, okay. First of all, I don't listen to them. So like, I don't subject myself to like this torture. Like I'm not going to be here like, I listen to them all day and I fucking hate it. <laughs> I just, okay. My beef with like true crime podcasts is like the podcasters, I feel like take it too seriously. Like, they really, like, a lot of them that I've listened to, because I've listened to a handful when I first, mm-hmm. was, like, trying to get into it, really feel like 
they're like they are the super sleuth yeah they are not bound by the law that like detectives <laughs> are so like they can draw as many buck wild ass conclusions that they want mm. and they can like they can like go off of like hearsay and they can like draw from like you know probably like you know statements that can be discounted like immediately for mm. xyz reason and it's like and they're like oh well it had to have been the husband because like you know the neighbor like said that he did this like you know four years ago and like that's like that's shady and like that means that he's like the killer or he's like definitely like should be the prime suspect and i'm like yeah but if you probably looked into like this neighbor's statement they the cops probably found out that she was like she hated the husband because he like let the dog shit on her lawn so now she's gonna say whatever she wants to the cops mm-hmm. and they're gonna discount her immediately like i don't know i might not be giving these true crime podcasters enough credit but no, I think I agree. I tend to, I've been on a big Forensic Files uh, binge lately. That's a good show. <laughs> I, love I like Forensic Files. Files. <laughs> I don't like the, I just don't, I just don't think it's, I mean, it's interesting to hear about these stories and you're yeah. just like, wow, that's interesting. But what I hate now is also people like, like almost like glorifying like yeah. no, serial I, killers and murderers and shit I like think, that. I think there's a fine line in the I'm not super into the true crime podcast or YouTube realm either because Mm -hmm. I agree. It feels like there's not a lot of, we'll get back to the movie review in a second. We just have to get this (laughs) off our chest. Uh, (laughs) Podcast review time. No. Well, I'm about to say, I'm saying this because I'm about to like get into a bunch of true crime stuff that's like related to this movie. But um, yeah, it does feel like there's a lot of like disregard for like the family members involved. Mm-hmm. and how things are still affecting them you know like people can just take th- one of the most horrific things that happened to them and their family like the murder of a loved one mm-hmm. or something and like turn it into this sensationalized thing for entertainment and without really any kind of respect or thought put into to discretion i guess i don't know I, yeah you know what i mean i feel like we're on the same page with that yeah um but <laughs> before we i guess should we just get into the true crime parts like stuff now and then get back to the movie yeah okay i guess i should do a trigger warning i'll edit this in we're gonna do uh some true crime stuff so trigger warning if you're not interested in hearing any of that yeah uh, it, it's gonna be brief but just Quick trigger warning. We're going to talk about some some real life murder stuff. So I wanted to talk about the like inspiration for Scream um, because it was written by Kevin Williamson. He was like pretty down in his luck when he was trying to he was trying to come up with a clever idea for a, a screenplay. And he was having a really hard time. He wasn't able to like pay any any of his bills. And so he was like really like looking for some inspiration to boy did it come to launch him into you know be able to pay his rent and shit. And he at that time there was a series of murders in Gainesville, Florida, that he in 1990 that Uh, he watched on the news. The case of Daniel Rowling also known as the Gainesville Ripper. So in August of 1990, Rowling murdered five students, one student from Santa Fe College and four students from the University of Florida 
um, wow. during a burglary and robbery robbery spree in uh, <laughs> Gainesville, Florida. Most of the murders, I, I'll get into like some specifics. I don't want to spend too much time on this, but uh, Rowling basically broke into his victims' houses and uh, murdered them in a specific way. And Williamson was like struck by the idea of a home invasion and like the fear that that would inflict upon the victims. Right. Like the people, you're just like, the comfort of your home, you feel like it's a safe space. And then Mm -hmm. uh, how terrifying it would be to have that privacy and safety like shattered and have this intruder come in and like do horrible things. In the early morning hours of Friday, August 24th, Rowling broke into the apartment of 17-year-old Sonia Larson and Christina Powell. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rowling murdered Larson first by taping her mouth shut and stabbing her to death. He then raped Powell and stabbed her five times in the back. He posed both of their bodies in very, like, weird sexual positions, um, and then he left. The next day, on August 25th, Rowling broke into the home of 18-year-old Krista Hoyt, she wasn't there when he when he first broke in, so he just waited in the living room for her to get home. She got back around 11 a.m. and was immediately subdued by Rowling, who tied her up, cut off her clothes with a knife, raped her, and then stabbed her to death, similar to the other two murders. And then on Monday, August 27th, Rowling broke into the apartment of 23-year-old Tracy Pauls and her roommate, Manny Tabata. He attacked Tabata first and eventually was able to overpower him and stab him to death. He then broke through Paul's door and where he bound her, raped her, stabbed her to death, and then positioned her in a similar way to the other murders. With the exception of Tabata, all of his victims were petite Caucasian brunettes with brown eyes. Law enforcement initially had a few leads, didn't have a lot of leads, and they pinned it on another, another local man who like fit kind of the what you would think the murderer would be. He just happened to be really unlucky and was, he just had struggled with mental health issues for a while um, and had a lot of scars all over his face. So like the media kind of jumped on that and he was like the perfect figure for, for this. Um, But then obviously they found Rowling and he was thrown away in prison. But like I said, Williamson like took, paid attention to this case and like took a lot of inspiration from it with the home invasion mm-hmm. aspect and the, mm-hmm. the stabbing aspect because Ghostface is like stabby. stabby, stabby. <laughs> yeah. He's very stabby. Yeah. Stab happy. Interesting. I mean, and even, even getting the, like getting the wrong guy, like with the mom's mm-hmm. murder, they pinned it on mm-hmm. Cotton or whatever the hell's name was. Yeah. Who she was also having an affair with, but yeah, all the same. Yeah, I think a lot of aspects of, of the Gainesville case like inspired plot points and scream. Hmm. Do we want to talk about the like backstory part a little bit? Because I feel like that's like it is confusing. It's confusing. Yeah. So okay. It wasn't like it wasn't like confusing. It was just kind of like it was just so bizarre, I guess, like, compared to everything else. It was, like, really, like, that's why you're killing a bunch of people is because um, your mom skipped town because she was having an affair with, or no, not your mom skipped town. Um, 
yeah, no, his mom, his mom left. Yeah, right? Billy's mom. Billy's left mom left because her, because Billy's dad was sleeping with uh, Maureen, uh, or yeah, Maureen Prescott. Yeah, I'm like, I okay, I get, I get like, I get like why they would have killed her, like killed Maureen, like you broke up my family, blah blah. Like I'm, I've been unhinged for a while, so like I'm just gonna do this. Like this is like the tipping point, whatever. But it's just, like, second round of killings, like, on the anniversary. Just, like, doesn't make a whole lot of sense where it's, mm-hmm. like, I just want to, like, I want to make sure, like, the whole family is, like, eliminated. Like, it just, it was really weird. Like, as a, like, he, they're a reminder for him that his mom left. It's not like she's dead. Like, I get it. Like, it sucks that your, your family split up. But, like, your mom, theoretically is still alive and kicking she's just elsewhere yeah i think it's um i mean i think one of the themes of the movie is like movies inspire do movies inspire like people to kill people you know like Mm. do scary movies inspire people to to do these things and that's like a Mm. constant thing throughout not just this screen movie but the others too it's kind of like and in this movie billy says that they don't create psychos. It just makes them more creative because it gives them more ideas right. for things that they already had like inklings to do mm-hmm. or urges to do. Mm-hmm. So I think I agree. Like there wasn't really wasn't any need for them to like kill a bunch of random people, but then also it's a cheesy horror mo- movie. And yeah, like, they had a taste I, for blood type I, yeah, situation. Like, it made it interesting i don't know yeah from all the criminal minds that i've watched it is surprising that they're (laughs) able to just control themselves after one kill and not Mm. go like on a spree and they waited a whole year to go on a spree you know like they had that much like restraint Mm -hmm. because they they had i mean they had to lay low because like the wrong guy got picked up for it but still maybe they just got cocky they Mm. they got away with it and so they and someone else was framed for it so they got cocky and were like we can do it again but do it bigger and better Mm -hmm. um yeah hmm much think much think much think much think what do we think of like Ghostface as like a villain not necessarily Um, Billy and Stu but like Ghostface right I like it because it's very, like, as far as, like, if somebody wanted to do, like, some sort of costumey, like, serial killer, like, type persona, Ghostface is very realistic one. It's a cheap, commonplace costume at the time. Like, you could get it anywhere for, like, five bucks. And two, for the movie's sake, it's, like, scary, but it's also hilarious. Like, just imagine, like, a dude getting kicked in the nuts, like, with that Ghostface mask on. Like, it's it's just so funny. You're just, like, like, you're supposed to be scary, but, like, why am I laughing right now? Like, you're obviously in pain, but you got the scary mask on. It, it was very, like, the duality of it, if I mm. want to use, like, a big word, um, <laughs> <laughs> was appreciated. Yeah. Because it's just, and it's also, like, such a caricature, like, mask that it's, like, it's kind of goofy, but, you know, if you saw that looking at you in your window, you'd be like, ugh. Yeah, it's, like, just the right amount of creepy. Um okay but it is generic. It's just like a generic Halloween costume. Mm-hmm. 
which I think is appropriate because the killers are literally like high school boys. Right. So like, and I like that he is like so clumsy. Like (laughs) he gets knocked down so easily. Like he's just a teenage guy in a mask. So like he can easily be overcome and like Mm -hmm. you can avoid him and like beat him up. He's not, he's not like this superhuman monster. He's literally like a teenage boy in a mask. He's yeah. Um, And he's like one of those, like, he's not like an athlete. So he's not like a huge football player. It's just mm -hmm. like, that would, that would be kind of like a giveaway. It's like, well, this massive six foot two, like beefy dude in a ghost mask came at me. Mm -hmm. Um, And like both the character, like both Stu and Billy are like similar build. So like they could get away with both wearing a costume at the same time, which Mm -hmm. also makes me laugh because like both of them must be like really clumsy because like you don't know who is in the costume at which time. I mean, you assume most of the time it's probably Billy, but all the same, it's really funny. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit later, I want to kind of go through and like try to figure out who is in the suit, like when or in the Mm. mask when. Um, But yeah, I think think they like, do you think they actually like planned that out? I don't know. I don't know if it's like weird because like you said, like some of the kills are just like random. I don't know if they're connected. Oh, well, wait, wait, um, Casey or whatever her name was. Yeah. Stacy, Casey. Oh, Casey. Yeah. She was, she, she used, used to, to date, date Stu. <laughs> yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Um, but like the principal and the, I mean, the guy who, um, who like the camera guy, mm-hmm. um, he just happened to be there. So I think, I guess, I, I guess you're right. That does make sense. And he killed his own girlfriend. Stu yeah. killed, uh, Tatum. Well, I think Billy did that because Stu was in the house. Oh, right. Well, either way, they got, they murked. They're basically going to, like, wipe out each other's girlfriends so they could be together. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Wait, so- wasn't that, like, wasn't that, like, the, the, um, like, the spoof in Scary Movie was, like, they were actually, like, the two killers were, like, in love or something like that? I don't know. It, I don't it's remember. been so long. I don't know. Um, I think, I think they're, they were making fun of something like that, where it was, like, yeah, they were, like, going to kill each other's girlfriends so, like, they could be together. <laughs> Uh, I guess we could just go through and like try to decide who killed who now since I brought it up. Okay. So first we have Maureen Prescott, which Mm -hmm. is, she's like the original murder, Mm -hmm. right? I think both of them. Yeah. And they probably didn't even have the costume at the time. They probably just like broke into the house and killed her. Yeah. I think they had um, Cotton's jacket because they said that like she said that she'd seen someone in Cotton's jacket and that's why they uh that's why they were able to pin it on him you know mm-hmm. um and then we have Stephen Orth who's uh Steve the boyfriend that was bound to a chair and then had his I think he's gutted I think Stu killed him and Billy was on the phone yeah that makes sense mm-hmm. I, I think I agree um, and then Casey, obviously, same. Mm-hmm. And then Principal Arthur Himbry. I think Billy. Yeah. I don't have any reason to think this that I can think of off the top of my head. I'm just thinking that it makes sense that Billy would do that. Yeah. Very anti-authority. <laughs> True. Yeah. And then we have Tatum Riley, which you already said Billy, right? 
Yeah, because you said Stu was in the house. Yeah, Stu was still in the house. Billy hadn't arrived yet. So it would make sense that it was Billy because then nobody would know that he was even there. Right. And then Kenny Jones, which I think is Stu because Billy had been stabbed and was upstairs at that point. Yeah, yeah. I think that was, I agree. I think that was Stu. Also, and do you think they had two it. costumes? They had two, they, you think they would have had their each had their own costume, right? Or do you think they shared the mask? Because they're never obviously in the same scene with the mask. I don't know. I feel hmm. like they probably only have one. Hmm. You've never seen Bruce Wayne and Batman in the same room. They just know where to like leave it so the other person can go get it, I guess. I don't know. Hmm. They also are really good at quick changes yeah I was gonna say, they're very well coordinated <laughs> yeah they do well in like show they, choir they keep up with each other they must have like synchronized watches or something pagers <laughs> murder pagers i guess they all of the murders have to be planned out right except for the cameraman right yeah was the ending like satisfied like how did you feel about the ending when you first watched it I thought it was funny that like even after like almost being murdered Randy was still like referencing horror movies and he was like the killer always like has one last strike and then he was like nope bang bang or Billy like wakes up and goes ah and then <laughs> yeah him in the head. yeah it's very <laughs> cheesy yeah that was funny um I liked it I, I think it did leave like the door open for the sequels but it was also like if it had ended there like if they just decided not to continue the franchise it also would have been um it also like closed up well enough and it kind of like redeemed gail and like um because she obviously like did uh sydney dirty Mm -hmm. by writing the book about her mom and stuff so um i liked it i think it was i thought it was pretty good yeah i I was really surprised by the reveal the first time I watched it. I don't know why, because literally, like, the entire time they're telling you that it was him. Yeah. Uh, But. I think I was more surprised that it was two of them. Like, Stu was involved. I think that got me more. I think I had known that Billy was involved Mm -hmm. because I had that spoiled for me before. But I didn't know that it was two either. So that was also very surprising to me. And I think. Because you never see two ghost faces, so like we, we wouldn't think that it was two people, right? It's very well done, very well done. <laughs> um, do you think that horror movies create serial killers? No, because I mean, like, because then there's always the argument as well. Like, do like shooting games, like you know, mm-hmm. like the the war games and the the call of duties and whatever (laughs) like do those games like inspire violence no I feel like and like I also disagree with like what Billy said that they like make people more creative like I don't think that's true at all like I don't think the Gainesville or yeah Gainesville killer was like oh let me watch like Nightmare on Elm Street real quick and then go like take out some women like Mm -hmm. I think it's it's unfortunately like somebody's just got some sort of like I don't know how to put it like politically correctly but like some sort of like imbalance and then they just like or you know they're something happened in their background and they that's 
that's what made them violent or that's what yeah. inspired them to be violent like but with the Gainesville killer he was like horribly abused his entire yeah. life by his by his dad um mm-hmm. and obviously had some mental it's instability or personality disorder because of that um, right or that stem or was like uh exaggerated because of that you know yeah I agree I I, there's not been any conclusive research to say that movies cause people to kill people because there are lots of people that watch scary movies all the time or like mm-hmm. violence in video games and have true crime podcasts. Yeah, don't go <laughs> kill people, you know. Yeah. Um I I mean it's not unheard of that someone who already has like an underlying thing going on mm-hmm. does see a movie or something and like is inspired to do something, but that's not it's the movie itself is not the root cause of the violence. Yeah. Um, that's like a, a theme throughout all of the screen movies and it just gets more and more meta um, as it goes. I want to talk about like one true crime case that was inspired or lo- like it's called the scream murder. Mm. It's like roughly based like inspired by scream because the the killers involved wore masks. It was a home invasion and mm. they like were really into horror movies and like idolized the Columbine killers. Mm. Um, so I just want to talk about that real fast because I think it's interesting. Um, so another another trigger warning for anyone who's not interested in listening to another true crime aspect. So um, the scream murder, also the case of. Cassie Jo Stoddard. Mm. She was a 16-year-old high school student, very average. She was really pretty. She was really smart, had a lot of interests, and was like a very responsible young teenage girl. Um, She was asked by her aunt and uncle to house sit for them while they were on vacation for the weekend. Um, And she had asked if she could have her boyfriend come over to like watch movies with her um and just hang out and they were like yeah sure fine whatever so her boyfriend Matt came over and they were hanging out and then at some point on the night of September 22nd in 2006 that's when all this is taking place two other friends came over uh two friends came over Brian Draper and Tori Adamick or Adam Adam Kick I don't know how you pronounce his last name and Cassie was initially kind of annoyed they were more Matt's friends than her friends, but they were all, you know, friendly enough with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, they came over and Matt was like, hey, yeah, like, is it okay if they hang out and watch the movie with us? And Cassie was initially annoyed because she hadn't asked her if anyone else could come over. She'd only asked if Matt, her boyfriend, could stay. Mm-hmm. Um, but then she was like, sure, fine, whatever. We're just watching a movie. Um, so they started watching a movie and then Tori and Brian were like, this is boring. We're going to go to the actual movie theater and watch a movie. And so they left. And a little bit later, the lights in the house started flickering, like the electricity went out and they kept hearing weird noises in the basement. Um, And so Cassie was like really freaked out. And so Brian, or not Brian, uh, Matt called his mom to be like, hey, 
is it okay if I stay over with Cassie? I just want to, you know, there's, she's alone in this house and I just want to like make sure she's safe. And his mom was like, no, you're 16. Yeah. (laughs) You, You don't get to stay at your girlfriend's house. Then she offered if Cassie was scared to stay in the house alone, that she could come and stay at their place just so that she would be supervised Mm-hmm. but didn't have to be alone in the house but she was like no I agreed to stay uh, and watch the house for my aunt and uncle like I'll just stay and so yeah left uh, or uh, Matt and his mom left and then a little bit later the electricity went out again and two masked figures came up from the basement and stabbed her to death and she was found two days later by her cousin, her 13-year-old cousin, when they came back from uh, vacation. So it turned out that Tori and Brian, when they were at the house, they had been planning to murder her the entire time. They had been, like I said, they had been obsessed with horror movies and had idolized Columbine killers, and they were talking about making a horror movie of their own. And Mm -hmm. so for weeks before this they had been recording themselves talking about and planning to go on a murder spree and become like one of the some of the most prolific serial killers in history they recorded themselves the entire time thinking that like they were leaving behind kind of a manifesto for the people that the fbi or whatever that would come along later and find it And so they came over to Cassie's house and came in and watched the movie for for a little bit. And while they were there, I think Brian uh, decided, or Tori, I'm sorry, Tori went to the bathroom, but really he went downstairs to the basement and unlocked the door so that they Mm -hmm. could get back in. And when they left, they drove like down the street, changed, and then came back and went into the basement where they flicked off the electricity and like threw stuff around to make noises to like really scare her yeah were they planning on taking out their friend too like were yeah they just like- if he had stayed there they would have killed him too damn yeah so hardcore went upstairs and they stabbed her over 30 times and 12 of the stab wounds were fatal Um, And then they left and they buried like a bunch of the evidence, like the masks and the videotapes and stuff. And I think they partially burned some of it, but like didn't burn others because police were able to, you know, recover some of the, a a lot of the evidence. Um, Like all the evidence. Yeah. But they did have movie ticket stubs as like their alibi. Mm. They like bought movie ticket stubs for the movie Holes, funny enough. Um, (laughs) great film (laughs) and uh when the police asked them like what movie did you see they were both like I don't know which is like you guys didn't come up with like (laughs) your alibi your alibi is that you went to the movies and watched a movie and like neither of you can remember anything about the movie that you watched so the police obviously thought that that was like really like dumb (laughs) weird but also like another weird like just tragic thing is that like matt her boyfriend stayed Mm -hmm. the night at tori's house like the night after the murders obviously didn't know any like her his girlfriend was dead didn't know that tori had murdered his girlfriend they were just hanging out he was staying the night at tori's house and he asked he had been trying to call 
Cassie to like go and check on her, but hadn't been able to reach her. And he asked Tori if he could drive him out there to go check on her. But Tori was like, oh, I don't have enough gas. So that's fucked up. Yeah. So that's known as the scream murder um, because obviously they were very, they were inspired by horror films. They wore masks and cloaks similar to Ghostface. The the masks they wore were just like white, but they had like painted blood coming out of the eyes and the mouth and stuff. It was like really creepy. Um, And their whole thing was just to invade the home and stab and. I wonder why they selected her. Because just she because was- she, they knew that she was going to be home alone. Uh-huh. Um, and they had, I guess, attempted to kill other people before, but like it, it never worked out because people were either home with them or who knows? Who knows? But- Hilarious. They're like, we're going to be prolific serial killers, but like we're too chicken to kill this one person. Yeah. So I just thought this was like a really interesting true crime case Hmm. and one of the only ones that I could find that was like directly kind of inspired by Scream but Hmm. which is probably a good thing we don't need too many murders being inspired by you know other murders or fictional murders we can be done with the true crime aspect of this movie podcast for now and get back to back to Scream I promise that's I promise that's that's it I don't have any other any other cases to talk about this time um, yeah so i guess do you have any other specific things about the movie scream that you want to talk about um i do love some of like the kind of like final destination like deaths like when yeah we already talked about tatum getting like slowly crushed by the garage door again very funny and then matthew or not matthew well matthew lillard but Stu, like when she dumped the tv on him and he like was like I don't know if like the TV falling on him killed him or if it was like the electrocution because it like crushed him. Then he was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa. well, this so. is the thing." Ooh, do we think he actually died? I mean, if he didn't, they definitely arrested him. <laughs> Police were all over that bad bitch at the end. True. I don't know. They're making a, a scream five, and so everybody's like trying to figure out who is mm. Ghostface this time around and you know it'd be it'd be fun if Stu like somehow survived the tv crushing his head and being electrocuted um but that's just a far-fetched idea I think yeah I mean unless he was able to like escape between them like leaving maybe leaving the house and then coming in like the police coming in but then they would have been like, yeah, it was Stu and Billy. And they're like, well, we didn't find Stu. And then it would have been like, oh, shit type of thing. Mm. True. Yeah, Maybe I think they the- play that into Scream 5 where they're like, yeah, he's been a fugitive for like 15 years or 20 years or something. <laughs> and I never found him. His family's been protecting him this whole time. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I agree, though. I think I like the murders. And I like the murders. Um they're very fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about the like the like sex thing? Like Billy trying to convince her to have sex with him and she's like no, only cuz you know the trope of like the virgin the like the virgin is the only one that survives the horror movie. Um but then she ends up having sex and still ends up surviving which I thought was like 
I liked that. It was, it was yeah, good. It was I good. liked that, but then it was also like to me, it was like he just wanted to get some before he killed her, you know? Like, but how traumatizing would that be? Like, the first person that you have sex with, and then like immediately they're like, I, I murdered your mom and like all these people, and I'm gonna murder you. It's like, <laughs> and blame it on your dad <laughs> and kill yeah, him like, too. That's, I can't, yeah, can't even imagine. That's just really yeah. unfortunate. But yeah, that's that's bad luck. That's bad timing right there. It's like I don't I, I I'm not trying to victim blame. But yikes. But yeah, 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 yikes. Uh, maybe have some better... rethink your taste in men. Yeah. Don't go for the brooding bad guy, like who only t- oh, he is like the epitome of a film bro, too. Like, yeah. Like, don't yeah. Uh, well, all he you- does is talk about movies and like references to them and like when you're talking about your dead mom and he's like why don't you get over that (laughs) and then he was like what was the movie he was like the movie was on he was like oh um like slasher or I forgot what the movie was it was like oh slasher was on earlier and maybe think of you and it was like like obvious reference to like his her murdered mom it's like you're and the one person he killed it's like you're so messed up dude yeah, every time they're like talking about sex, he's like brings up her dead mom, and it's just like, if you really want to get me in the mood? Let's talk about my dead, you know, parent. I mean, granted, they're teenagers, and there's not a lot of tact there, so it wasn't going to be good no matter what. <laughs> I, I get it, but also, Sydney, come on, yeah, do better. Um, but she has a lot of bad luck throughout the rest of the movies. This is true. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I really appreciated all of the like horror, egg, like Easter eggs throughout mm-hmm. throughout the movie, and like the tropes that they explicitly say and then either do or subvert in subtle ways. It's it's very clever, and I appreciate it. I think. Um, it's a very good movie yeah i agree i liked it because i think a lot of like more recent horror movies ha- know about scream and know about the the rules yeah so they try to subvert them and subverting the rules has become the new cliche right but um yeah all right so any other thoughts on scream before we wrap up nope got yeah. it all out nice Okay, well, um, with that, that is our review of Scream. If you enjoyed listening to this review and you want to hear all of our other reviews on movies and future episodes on horror movies, um, you can listen to us on YouTube. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you know, wherever you get I could, podcasts. I could climb into your window and just whisper sweet nothings to you. She she will transcribe like transcribe the entire podcast and just read it to you in your bedroom. yeah i'll do um, i'll do the olivia voice and then just my voice yeah um so yeah you can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts you can also follow us on instagram at, at another picture show and feel free to dm us if you have any suggestions for horror movies that you want to hear us talk about um also i'm going to plug myself real fast because I am an Etsy artist and I make movie and horror themed art and if you are interested in getting a hand-painted piece of art or a print of your favorite horror movie you can go check me out on Etsy at 
live a little artsy or on Instagram at, at live a little artsy. Live, live as in my name, L-I-V, a little artsy. It's a, it's a, it's a mouthful, but it's punny. <laughs> and you can follow me on TikTok at dub chub, chub with two Bs. Thank you. Yes. Go follow Madeline on TikTok. We're <laughs> <laughs> since we're plugging. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So with that, thank you, Madeline, for talking to Scream with talking about Scream with me. It was thank really you, fun. Olivia, for being my friend. Oh, thank <laughs> you for being my friend. Yay. All right. So with that, I bid you farewell and have a spooky evening. Adieu. Bye.